Welcome everyone. We got several things to cover today. Let's talk about inflation accelerates to 9.1%. Let's take a look at all the individual measurements to see what is actually causing this kind of inflation. And is there some light at the end of the tunnel? Now, next, we're going to talk about Redfin reports Bay Area housing market is cooling more rapidly than anywhere in the country. So let's talk about that. Number three, Salesforce office space. And what is actually happening there? Are they actually renewing their space or are they giving up their space? Salesforce has been one of the biggest San Francisco-based tenants uh, out there. And they were previously very big proponents of having people into the office. So let's see what what's going on there. And there's a few uh, companies that have made announcements that they are going to actually be getting new leases. So that's always a good thing. But let's talk about where they're getting their new leases. That's always very important. Renters show their claws and cash. So as people are stop, are not bidding for homes to buy, now they're actually bidding for homes to rent. Wild times indeed. And we're going to talk about that because that's part of the inflation metric. And some sad news. Great America will no longer be there. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's go over the headline article of the week, which is inflation. So inflation has hit 9.1% from the previous amount, which was 8.6% uh, in May, with market forecasts of 8.8%. So this is a little bit higher. It was expected to increase, but it's still higher than uh, expected. So if we actually break it down, there are a few components that are the most material that has factored in of why we have 9.1% inflation. Some of these you may not actually feel like yourself because this, remember, this is happening across the entire country. So let's talk about some of the major things that have been the biggest impact, right? Food inflation across the board. Are you feeling at the grocery store paying a lot more money? F food inflation is at 10.4% versus the previous year. Services isn't too bad. I mean, it's high, but it's all relative. It's not too bad. I don't think people are experiencing this too much, but it is higher at 6.22%. Rent inflation. I would I would ask about this on your end. Are you experiencing only that from a year over year perspective? For my opinion, it's typically a lot higher. It's probably over ten percent, at least here in the Bay Area. So that's something very uh, important to realize and understand when it comes to rent side of things. This is actually much lower because this is from a entire country level. Now, energy inflation. We certainly have felt it across the board. You may argue. It's probably even a whole lot more than this, but 41.62%. Uh, this is very staggering, right? And unless there are a lot more supply coming or the demand is able to drop, which de demand may naturally just drop as all these other things get more expensive, uh, then we're not going to see any this change anytime soon. But in my opinion, it's most likely going to have to be a supply side increase. Now, I know Biden recently this week went to the Saudis to try to do make a deal. I'm not too hopeful of that. It's not like all of a sudden they can just increase supply just because they wanted to. If so, they would have done it already, to be fair, right? Like, why wouldn't they print more money when they can, when they have so much, uh, when, when prices are what they are? I don't think it's that simple. And so we're, it's going to be like this for a while. I think the only real catalyst that can change is if all of a sudden the war stops. But outside of that, it's going to be hard to see this change too drastically in the near future. 
and natural gas will likely get more expensive as we enter in the winter season. That's really what's going to be testing to see how uh, how things progress. But this is a very big problem. It's not easy to solve. If you look at the demand side, the demand side is absolutely very extremely strong. You have what's interesting is you have all these commotions about recession, recession, recession. But and then you look at consumer confidence levels, which is lower. But that's on one end. At the same time, people are traveling like crazy. I mean, if you look at like there was a report recently of Heathrow Airport, they're capping how many passengers can come in a day at 100,000 because they are way over capacity, way over capacity. Too many people want to travel. And that's happening across the board. People want to travel everywhere. Look at airline prices. Airline prices are a component of obviously uh, energy, but it's also of demand. And people I know for a fact have had this pent up um, appetite to travel everywhere around the world, especially as the world has opened up than before. So what's what's really interesting is on one end, you have the consumer confidence level and you have all these you know looming recessions and things like that. But people are not spending accordingly, nor do they care because because the consumer levels are still very high in terms of how much they have and what they're willing to do. So it's a really interesting dichotomy because if the demand is so that high, then these things won't get affected, won't change. And um, and of course, time will tell, but that's 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 not going to help these factors where energy prices are what they are and supply is more constrained. Those are the main things to bring up. And so what's interesting about this, though, that I want to also share is. If you look at this, you would say, wow, this is like terrible news, right? You look at, oh, wow, it's it's another increase, 9.1 percent. Well, what's really fascinating is uh, the stock market wise just shrugged it off, right? I mean, if you look at the last couple of days, they just shrugged it off. Nothing happened when they reported on, I think it was on the 14th. It actually was a bull market. So really interesting, you know, thing to see, you know, on one end, it seemed like this was a really bad report, but from the general market, as general markets are forward looking, they, they kind of just shrugged it off and like, this is no big deal. This is where, this is just a time that we're in. We've already factored in. We're going to be in a high inflation environment for some time. Fascinating, right? Very fascinating. So let's talk about next. Let's talk about the Bay Area housing market. Redfin reports Bay Area housing market is cooling more rapidly than anywhere else in the country. San Jose, Oakland, and San Francisco are among the fastest cooling housing markets in the U.S. as mortgage rates remain above 5% and the stock market falters. Pricing may, many would-be buyers out of the market. What does cooling mean? So let's look at their definition of cooling. Cooling, in their opinion, is not on prices, so that's very important. It's based off of the measures of home buyer demand and competition dropping off quicker than any other metro. So as a company, they look at supply of homes for sale, and they also look at um, they look at supply for sale, and then they look at uh, homes that eventually go uh, off the market within two weeks. So those are the main criteria of their definition of what, what cooling means. It does not mean cooling as in prices decline. That's a completely different measurement. This is more about activity. We're gonna talk, we're gonna look at prices later on so that you can see for yourself what is actually happening, which is a very different measurement. Because they're not saying home prices have declined faster than anywhere. No, they're not saying that. They're just saying the activity levels have slowed down the fastest. And it and the reason for that is also based off of several things. 
is on one end, you have these, because of tech, tech was the a huge benefactor of record low interest rate environments. You had tons of VC money in, and you also have lots of just activity going on, right? Just That's just natural when you have low interest rates where investors are just more aggressive. They don't really care about profits now. They, they're investing in the future because they can make that bet. As interest rates have risen quickly, a lot of things have, have had to change, right? Companies had to tighten up significantly because now the the investor um, the investor appetite is completely different. The same game that they did before can't can work, and so you see a lot of these layoffs, a lot of budget cuts, a lot of thing, a lot of them trying to reposition their business to be able to last through the next you know two, one and a half two years. Their fundraising cycle is a lot less now, right? In the past, they would raise money every nine months. Now we're going back to what's more normal of something that's around two years. And so just everything is just slower then, right? Uh, all the activities is slower. So when you have all these things that impact on the, sm on the smaller companies, it does also impact on the bigger companies. Now, Google had initially had massive plans to bring in 10,000 employees throughout the year. But now they've wanted to slow down hiring. I don't think they're stopped. They're not halting hiring, to be fair. Google is still doing very well, but they're slowing that down. They're like, okay, we we're not going to hire the 10,000 people that we thought we would need at this stage. We're going to be more conservative. We're going to hire less. We're going to be more selective with our hires. And you have others that are dealing with their own challenges, like Meta. Meta may be reducing count because they they have a bigger structural issue than, than, uh, than, than Google does or than Alphabet does. So... You see these different companies make adjustments as needed to prepare for the next one to two years. And um, and so that obviously impacts the market, right? You had a, had a period where it was red hot and then everybody wanted to buy. Um, and then all of a sudden now you have a lot of people that are just very timid, uh, timid for various reasons. Combination of stock market impact, combination of uh, just mental, to be fair, a mental break. Because they're like, oh, I'm, I've never been in a five to six percent environment before. The last time we were in this was back in like 2008 time frame. So some people are just mentally wanting to take a break of being like, okay, let's see what happens. So you have that component. Of course, you have still components that people are still buying homes. Like people are not like stopping. There are many people that realize like at the end of the day, it makes if they're planning to be in the area for at least a couple of years, renting makes no sense. Right. It's just better. You might as well spend that three to six thousand dollars a month in rent into your own home, even if the market is flat or even if it declines, it's still better than doing that. So you have those different buckets. And at the end of the day, the buckets will keep changing based off of obviously the market, based off of all these news and things like that. So it's just something to be mindful of, of what's been going on. Remember, this does not mean that the prices have been crashing. It just means the activity is a lot slower, which is absolutely true. So that's just something to be mindful of. Let's talk about office leases. Office leases are always big indicators, right? Because at the end of the day, if someone's going to be making an office lease, they're going to be signing onto that lease for five to 10 years, right? So in this environment, for them to do that means they're looking pretty far ahead of time. Now, Salesforce, unfortunately, is one of those that decided to say, you know what? People uh, enjoy working remotely. They don't feel like they need people to come back. So Salesforce office space for lease. Now they're just subleasing a lot of their space, a lot of their building in San Francisco. Um, 
Look at this. They're looking to rent out an estimated 40% of his 43-story Salesforce West building. Really wild, right? I mean, I still remember this because Salesforce had used to be the biggest proponent in San Francisco, uh, especially when um, Mayor Lee was in office at that time. They're just building like crazy. They're just expanding like crazy. It was like a very big thing for them to be in a particular location, which is in uh in 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 the heart of san francisco but unfortunately now they're subleasing it all right something very important to be mindful of of the office space environment in san francisco and this can lead to a lot of catalysts and a lot of pretty negative catalysts to be fair right a lot of these uh buildings are so empty right now that the question is are they able to service their debt levels i don't know what's going to happen for them and how long they can ride this out of because there's no positive catalysts that are coming in at all and changing it into like residential is not easy it's very political and it'll take many many years and so for those owners of these buildings they used to be these are class a buildings right they used to be some of the most, most premium most premium and secured ones in the past now it's not so much so the question is what's going to happen right when how can how how long can those owners ride this out i don't know the answer to that but um that's something that you definitely want to keep track of and, and just and just see and, and what kind of effect that may have now some other news now as you can see south bay uh continues to have activity with these companies that want to uh lock down space so you can see logitech um strikes lease deal to open big San Jose tech office. So they're opening up, they're renting 75,000 square feet and as much as 86,000 square feet in a building nearby. Uh, they plan to continue to expand there. They've always had a presence in the South Bay, but um, they decided to, to expand there, which is great news. The other company is this farming robotics tech company subleases big Santa Clara office building. AI unit of farm equipment behemoth rents enough space for hundreds of workers. So as you can see, San Mateo County, Santa Clara County, a lot of their um, mindset when it comes to office space is still a presence there. Combination of things, right? The office space rent isn't that high relative to like San Francisco. So you have that component. Number two, a lot of these jobs that are in these areas are not just pure software tech, which has that flexibility. Like if you're going to have to do hardware like Logitech or do AI and robotics, you're going to want to and need to be in the office. So and when you have like biotech with lab equipment, you're going to need to be in the office. So you have these different things that naturally would need more space. And as long as those industries are growing, then these uh, areas in these companies will need space. So, uh, you're going to keep seeing this over and over again, but it just shows like it's not like it's dead. Nobody's not like everybody can go fully remote. That's not how every industry works. And we've been kind of lucky to have some industries that have that kind of flexibility. So what's funny is this bidding wars overheated the home buyer market. Now they're coming for renters because think about this. You just saw that article recently. How many people have stopped buying a place? If there is that many people buying a place, and now they're not going to buy a place. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to find a place to rent. They need a place to rent, right? That's just how it works. But if they need a place to rent, 
you think all of a sudden there's like this massive supply waiting for those individuals? The answer is no. So you may have scenarios where like good properties, people will kind of bid on that. As in, if they're asking for 4,000 a month rent, some people may ask for do more, or they may uh, give a bigger security deposit, right? There's, there's all these variables that can be changed. Now it's nowhere similar as like the housing market um, from the purchase perspective, but it's also interesting just to see this cascading effect. You saw also previously where rent increases have been, the Bay Area rent has been higher than that. A lot of the, the good areas have been much higher than the five to 6%. But uh, that's just something very mindful to see, right? As people either move to specific areas because they want to, uh, they get out of the purchase market. Now they're going to be flooding the rental market. So not surprising there. Um, that's why I'm, at the end of the day, it's not good news either for those individuals that are just now spending more money on renting. Um, it's not, it's not a benefit for them either. Now, this is some, this is some interesting and sad news. End of an era. Silicon Valley mourns losing Great America. Did you know Great America will not be there anymore? They sold to Prologis, a national real estate firm. Prologis has lots of warehouse space, mostly industrial. That space will probably be uh, industrial. Now, they will uh, eventually it will remain open. So it's not like this is immediate. So it will remain open for the next 11 years before closing permanently. So keep that in mind. Uh, this will last for, the, it was a $310 million deal. It will last for 11 years before closing permanently. You may have seen some of the writing on the wall a little bit, right? I mean, think about that area of Great America, which is where Levi's Stadium is built. Levi's used to be, I think that area may have been part of their parking lot because Great America had a huge space. All that was parking lot space before. And then now, we're, now you build Levi's and then next to Levi's, you had a bunch more parking space. So they've already shrank that. So you had some riding in the wall there of like building a whole stadium and losing some space. But this is the biggest one, right? Because now this is a full acquisition of that space itself. It's obviously a lot of space. It's in a prime area. So whether it's using it as warehousing, uh, just, just general industrial, um, I don't think it's going to be office, but it's probably going to be industrial space. And that's going to be a very prime location. It's very close to, the, to many, many highways. Right, it's close to 101, close to 237, is right in between. So the location has always been prime. Um, but some sad news, right? But then again, it'll be here for 11 years. A lot of people have forgotten. So maybe you get a boost of uh, foot traffic now that people know that it won't be there forever. And uh, but uh, something just to be mindful of this area will then be redeveloped into likely just a very large industrial space. Okay, let's take a look at the data itself because. We haven't seen this in a while. And of course, if you have any questions or if you want to see any of these data points, just leave in the comments below. This is a live stream. If I can't get to it, I'll get to it next time. But let's take a look at the data itself so you can see what has been going on with prices. Have home prices declined as people may have hoped and, and wished for? So let's look at the data in real time, right? Santa Clara County, single family, condos, and townhomes. So we're going to look at the sales price. This is a sales price average past 12 months. At Santa Clara County, let's look at it. We are already midway through July, right? So you can see the highest point was in April at 1.893 million. And the decline has occurred out until 1857. That is 40,000. That's about less than 3%. 
you can see it's not nearly as drastic as people would have hoped or wished for. And all these people are crying for. So it is what it is. <laughs> um, let's take a look at some other data points, though. Number of new listings. This is always a good metric, right? Number of new listings. You can see it's been pretty consistent on number of new listings. It's not like there's more homes that came on market. You can actually see the June figures was a decline over the previous months. So as you see uh, increases in interest rates, people also may be holding off of their own moves because do they want to make a move themselves? Should they just set, set tight? If you look at the July figures, we're halfway through in 944. This will probably end uh, to be a little bit less than June. So you can see the number of new listings have declined uh, a little bit as each month progresses. Let's take a look at months of inventory because this is a very different chart and a different change of what has been going on. You can see, wow, month of inventory has completely changed, right? You had this period for a long, long time of low inventory. What does inventory mean? So these numbers, let's say it's it's one month. It means if there was no, the, the math is, if there was no new listings that came on the market based off of the current absorption rate, within one month, all inventory will clear out and there'll be nothing to buy. That's the, that's, the, that's the math of how inventory works. So as you can see from previous, when you saw the amounts of, uh, when you saw things slow drastically, you have this mix, right? Which is now the, the, the number of new listings that come on the market is a little bit lower, but still pretty good. But the absorption of people buying is a lot less. And so when you have that, then you have inventory months of inventory so you can see like how drastic things have changed right you go from june at 1.5 months which is really really low and now all of a sudden you're in through in july at four and a half 4.5 months of inventory so it's very staggering right what does this mean so if it depends on which side you're on if you're on the buyer side it means you have a lot of options as you can evidently see that you haven't had before so you have a lot of properties to choose from and you may be able to get more aggressive on prices. And that's something that you have the opportunity to do right now. You can get more aggressive on prices. Of course, at the end of the day, you have to try to make a deal with the other side. And that's where the skill is involved. The other component, if you're on the seller side, you have to see this and realize, look, that kind of fast moving environment is not happening anymore. So you just have to be mentally prepared. Like this will be a, this may be a longer haul. You may have to do price reductions to get people interested again. So the game is different, right, for the seller side. Now, it doesn't mean home are tanking, home prices are tanking, it doesn't mean homes won't sell, but this is very important to factor, factor in. Uh, what's the other one that I wanna go over? We can go over number of sales. I think that's a good one to look at. So if you look at the number of sales, see this this is a, a part of the inverse, uh, you know, part of the inverse equation, right, of what you just saw of the inventory levels. So you can see like the July figures, 475 sold number of sales in this month. If you compare it to like the previous ones, significantly less. Now we're halfway through, so this may go up to maybe 900, but either way, it's significantly less than before, right? And let me see, there's anything else. I think the contingent pending listings might be an interesting one, but it's it's a similar trend, right? It's a similar stats. Uh, I don't have to beat it too much deeper, but you can see the same thing. The, the trends are across the board, 491, 
1085 from the previous. It's actually going to be for contingent pending listings may actually be somewhat similar to June, but it is a lot less than the previous months. So this should give you an idea of what is actually happening with the market. So prices aren't declining as one would have what one would think for several reasons. One, sometimes it takes sellers to take time to adjust. Number two, there's there may not have any real distress. And so if there's no real distress, they'll just sit and wait and see what happens or they'll just delist it. We see many examples right now of them delisting homes because they're like, screw it, forget it. I don't want to sell it anymore. I'm just going to take it off the market and let's just wait a year or two and see what happens. That's their decision to make. But otherwise, you see these kind of changes at least leading up to that. So as I mentioned, if you're a buyer in this market, this is still a good time because as you can see, you want to compare it to what your alternative is, which is rent. I mean, look at your rent figures and look how much is being spent on that. Does it make sense to do that? Even if you look back in 2008 and, and you bought in the worst time in history, over the next couple of years, if you were able to hold on to it, it fully recovered. Even if you bought in the worst time in history. So that's the thing, right? If you're that unlucky back then and you still held it for a couple of years, you did just fine. And then you didn't pay, obviously, those three to five years of rent, which if you do some quick math, that's over $100,000. The $150,000 that could have just been being paid off, right? So that's the idea when it comes to the decision-making. Now, if you're planning, I tell my clients, if you're just going to be going in and out, like you may go to New York, you may go to LA, then don't buy. For those individuals that are in that uncertain of an area, just don't buy. You may as well just rent for a year, obviously move to New York for a year, go somewhere else, things like that. So you can go all over uh, if needed. Um, and then if obviously if you're planning to be here for a couple of years and those are situations where you should buy JJ, thanks for tuning in. Let's take a look. What about the East Bay, specifically Oakland? So let's take a look at the data itself. Across the board, for the most part, we're going to look at Alameda County first. Let's look at the same stats before sales price average. You can see the sales price average has had a bigger decline than Santa Clara County, right? So you can see the high was in May of, this was at 1.408 million. July now is at 1.264. So if we look at the stats of that, let's run some quick numbers. This is a much bigger decline in Alameda County. So this is... Uh, about a 10% decline versus this is a 10% decline in uh, Alameda County. So something to be mindful. Of. Let's look at this general stats that we just saw previously too. So let's look at, um, let's look at inventory again. I think we, I think that was a helpful chart for everybody to see. So we saw what was in Santa Clara County. If we look at what has been going on, same story, right? I mean, everything's the same story. This is Alameda County now, same story, right? You can see, Everything was almost identical across the Bay Area. And now you have 4.7 months of inventory, which is a very high number. A big component of that is the buyer demand has significantly declined. That side is completely shrank. And that's why you see these things. And if you look at, uh, if you want to look at specifically Oakland, same thing, right? I mean, Oakland's a, a little bit actually even worse. The inventory levels is 5.3 uh, months, so it's actually higher. So Oakland is actually 
selling slower than the rest of their county of Alameda. Other places like Alameda have done better. For example, you have places like um, you have places like in the Tri-Valley that, that still move a lot faster and a lot better than in Oakland. At the same time, Oakland is also huge, right? So the good parts in Oakland, um, Piedmont, those areas are still moving very well. But you have the Oakland, Oakland is so big. You have West Oakland, you have the southern parts of Oakland, you have the Coliseum. Those areas aren't uh, clearly doing as well. So that gives you an idea of Oakland. Now, let me see if there's any, anything else to share related to Oakland. Let's just look at the average sales price. Could we look at from a uh, general county level? You can see the sales price, they haven't done, it's not too bad, right? The decline is not the same. You can see June was a, a very good month for, for Oakland. Um, so if you compare it with June 116 to 1112, that's 50,000, that's like three or 4%. So that's not too bad because at the same time, there's also the, there's also the aspect of seasonality. So I want people to also understand there are some aspects of this macro and there's also aspects of seasonality, right? I mean, summer is slower. Like it's always been slower. If you, if I look back, um, let's just look back three years. And so even of last year, right? So last year you had, you know, April and May, and then, and then you have June, July, August, you can see those numbers, even of last year, but there is still a decline. So it's not unusual to have declines for summertime. Um, that's not unusual. You look at 2020, 2020 is obviously very unique because of COVID. Look at the previous time, 2019, June was a very good month. That was the, remember June closings are May transactions. So that was kind of getting towards the end of the school season. And then you can see like there's declines there and then it picked, start picking up again back in the fall. So there are aspects of seasonality, just period. There's people traveling. Like I said, everybody's traveling. Let's make no mistake. I bet all of you have been traveling. I bet all of you have travel plans. Like regardless of even COVID picking up, I bet all of you have travel plans. So, so there are a lot of aspects of seasonality right now too. It's like either taking a break and or just purely traveling. So here, thanks for tuning in. Can I know Fremont count, uh, townhome status? Well, that you're getting very specific of uh, very specific of, of categories. So if you want to take a look, Fremont, at the end of the day, you can't just look at townhomes because if you know if you know the market, how it works, is you have to include condos too in that mix uh, because condos can be labeled. Uh, townhomes can be townhomes are actually mostly condos. If you didn't know, very few are planned unit developments. What I like to do though is I try to sort it out because generally people that want a townhome, they're going to be a two-story townhome or maybe even a three-story. So I say two plus. This will factor in a lot of that. So if you take a look at past 12 months, if you look at the sales price average, Fremont still doing pretty well. This is for condos and townhomes, right? Fremont has done pretty well. 112 is actually increased. So it's not the same as every area. That's from the stats. Let's look at months of inventory. You can see months of inventory follows the same trends. So it's not breaking any trends. It's the months of inventory is 5.9 months. So no, not breaking any trends. Let's just look at the entire city of Fremont. If we look at everything, months of inventory in Fremont itself, you, as you can see. So what does this mean, right? If the entire city of Fremont, the months of inventory is 4.7, but we saw condos and townhomes, actually those townhome styles of two plus stories are about 5.9. It just shows 
that the single family is significantly less than that. So single family is still moving a lot faster. So if you look at the average of, of it, single family may be closer to like the three, uh, three months or so. So single family is doing better. And that's just a natural cascading anyways. Single family always performs better than townhomes, better than those traditional condo slash apartment style ones. So those are how things are broken down. And of course, if any of you guys want to have a private conversation of a strategy to go over options that might be suitable for, for you, it's still, as I mentioned, a good time to buy, but it all depends on time horizon. That's why I'm telling everybody, if you're not if you're not mentally ready to be in a home for a couple of years, then don't buy. I'm just going to tell you that right now. If you plan to be in a couple of years, then you, you remove the element of market timing out of the equation and you're more into investing and or removing yourself out of the rental pool, which is obviously, as you can see, not it's not like it's decreasing either. And it's just going up too. So hopefully that helps. Of course, you can reach out to me anytime, 408-547-4590. It's my personal line, call or text, and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.